tuned in to the Dervish Commercial Real Estate Podcast. This is an opportunity you have at one of your centers. Right. It's excess land right. that's being underutilized and you're looking to add yeah, value. In your opinion, right? Yeah, well, it's, it's, it's kind of like when you look at it, you know, people are like, Jeff Dervich with Dervich Real Estate here. I have uh, Spencer Muratidis, formerly with uh, Redstone Commercial, now with Alliant Partners, uh, owner, developer, operating out throughout the southeastern United States. And we're here to uh, to chat about uh, the current real estate market, um, talk development, talk commercial um, commercial foresight, what we're seeing in the marketplaces. How are you doing this morning, Spencer? Good. Thanks for having me, man. Absolutely. My pleasure. So, Spencer, what are you... Uh, what do you expect moving forward for commercial real estate here, uh, moving uh, throughout the rest of 2018 and into 2019? You know, we're in some really good times right now. How long do you think uh, these good times will last? What are you seeing on your side? Yeah, um, it's it's pretty crazy right now. I think the retail space in particular, which is what uh, I can speak to, where we spend most of our time, is is evolving and. I think uh, it's a little exaggerated, the risk of the death of retail and malls, et cetera. I think maybe that's where you can find some of your better risk-adjusted returns, actually, because people are running from them if you can repurpose you know, some of those big boxes right. Right. Um, but generally speaking, it's more service-oriented now. It's about rest- It's things insulated to technology, so restaurants, haircuts, Orange Theory, gyms, you know, it's... Uh, it's evolving what the modern shopping center looks like today, and uh, it's kind of fun, you know, along for the ride, checking it out. Yeah, it's definitely evolving tremendously. I mean, you're seeing a lot of these thriving, these thriving commercial developments are including more and more of entertainment-driven uses. You know, when you come when it as it relates to restaurants, bars, um, service-related uses, uh, you know, massage uh, service um, concepts. Um, nail concepts I mean that's kind of hard to replicate online you know Um, and uh, it's all about it's all about the entertainment in in today's day and age do you uh, do you feel pretty strong about where we're at right now in 2018 where do you where do you see things going for the rest of this year do you see it being good into 2019 I mean we're we're at we're 2019 so 20 2007 2008 that's coming up on 10 years so it's kind of crazy to think about that yeah, you know, it's interesting. I, I just read this morning that uh, the unemployment rate today at 4, 4% is the lowest it's been since 2000. So, you know, and the news, everybody's, oh, the fundamentals support it. You know, good times are ahead for longer, et cetera. But that's really the main reason why I'm so scared. It's like um, Buffett had a great quote in that, to be... You should be greedy when others are fearful and fearful when others are greedy. That's great. Regardless of – everyone says the fundamentals right now support it. Well, the fundamentals always support it until they don't, and no one ever sees it coming. So because of that, I'm a little nervous. Um, You know, there's a lot of risk in the world. You have the um, China trade stuff going on. Who knows how that shakes out? Mm -hmm. Stuff in Syria, The you know, it's a lot of – macro level risk out there mm-hmm. and 
Treasury rates are moving, which some people argue is you know, a great sign for the economy and keeping inflation in check. But I don't know. It's, it's crazy right now. It's way too hot. Something's got to cool off. It's just unique. You know, we work on a lot of land deals and a lot of um, investment opportunities. You know, um, and, and what you're seeing is you're seeing a lot of the, you're seeing a lot of stuff trade out above prices of where it sold for in 0708, which is kind of scary when you look at what it sold for in 08, and then it's selling for more than what it was during that period of time, which is which is kind of crazy, but. You know, on our side of the table, we feel that the markets are very strong right now. We feel good about what's going on. We feel good um, on the, uh, you know, we feel we feel confident in what the banks are doing too. You know, they're not just lending money, you know, uh, free free nilly out there. I mean, they're they're very stringent upon who they're lending to. Um, some banks are very even cautious to lend on commercial real estate right now, uh, unless it's owner occupied stuff. Um, but you know, anything with good tenants, long-term tenants and a good market is going to be able to be financed. Um, and it's, you know, it's, it's, it's good right now. And like, like you said, I think it's going to take something kind of coming out of left field in our opinions that, you know, something with Korea or something, um, you know, overnight we hear about a bomb being dropped and that's going to be, that's going to be the thing that. That, that, that throws us into this whack in our opinion. Everything everything else appears to be good. I mean, you had all these these big centers with a bunch of debt coming due this period of time with the CMBS market and, and, and 18 and 19 and 20. And from Luckily, rates are still low. Rates are still low. And our relationships are saying, you know, a lot of that stuff is uh, was, was supposed to um, be coming up with some problems. And they're all getting worked out, which is, which is a great sign. Yeah. So... Uh, do you feel as if the market, um, you know, is kind of frothy right now? Yeah, I mean, it really is. It, I'm not a residential expert, but Rosie and I, my wife, have been looking recently, just poking around at houses. And you see a house come up, and maybe we live in a bubble being in South Tampa, but it's like, man, in, in three days you got ten offers, you know, and some are all cash. And it's like, it's unbelievable. I'll give you an example. We just bid on a bank, vacant bank, on Florida Avenue in Tampa. Yeah. 1980s building tight little 0.6 acre site we had the highest offer above the ask price but we needed 90 days really sure. 60 a little money goes hard which is reasonable 90 day inspection yeah, period and in when the commercial you, acquisition you don't have and you got to work your deal out with your tenant you know mm-hmm. some guy comes in out of right field offers full price slightly below where we were but full price offer all cash 30 day close and they go to contract, and in their contract discussions, he whacks the refundable deposit from twenty-five thousand to twenty thousand, which should have been like clear sign. This guy's not real, you know. It's refundable five grand. Well, he gets under contract with the seller, and in return for taking a discount to his deposit, he says he's going to lower his thirty-day due diligence to twenty-three days. There's no way you get yeah. this done. Well, long and behold, he dropped it last week. The problem now is the seller has these unrealistic expectations that that's the market. Sure. So they only want another 30-day deal on the, brought to them on the table. And right. here we are with our same tenant in tow wanting to do the deal, and and we're above the ask price, and we can't even get the deal done. So, And that's you know maybe an outlier, but I, I tend to think that a lot of these sellers right now are just – it's a seller's market, you know, and good for them. If, they, if he can get it, great, but – it's hard to get something done, you know, right right now. Yeah, and, and you know it's crazy about the, talking about those vacant, 
big branches. I mean, if you don't have another bank to go into that location, you look at what they paid for the the property when they purchased it, right. and they have it on their books at this high dollar figure. And say it's a seven tenths of an acre site, you know, maybe a full acre site. What do you put on that piece of dirt? Maybe it's a QSR. QSRs are eight hundred thousand million dollar users. Some of the premium QSR fast casual concepts are, you know, maybe. One two one three one four one five, depending upon how much they want to be there. But you're not seeing them paying the same amount that the bank paid. So the bank's taking a haircut on these deals. So well, it's, you're right. It's, it's, we we have two banks for sale right now. Ground lease deals, same thing. Three quarter acre, low cap rates. Right. And we're struggling with that right now. Fifteen years from now, what's that dirt worth? And can you make sense of it? Because they're going to pay a really high number right now for this site. So. Yeah, it's to be determined how that. And then who's out. who? And then if they go dark, who backfills that? Yeah, because it's functional obsolescence. It's really built out specifically for a bank on yeah. a corner, customized. And then it's not a it's not a traditional retail building where you can just plug and play another four thousand square foot user in there. It's it's built out with drive through lanes and customized the way that it's be, the the site's oriented and all yeah. that type of stuff. Yeah, I mean we we're one site in particular right now at Delmi Rent Waters where. Uh, in the process of, of selling, we have a problem with the Tampa code because they can make use of the building. They could tear the drive-through lanes down, but to backfill it with a restaurant, it doesn't park to the site. Wow. So, like, yeah, maybe you could get a variance or you could buy a little additional land, but it's an unknown, like, negative look, you know, on the property to it. This to is a vacant, a vacant bank It's branch? an active bank. An active bank. Yeah. And you're looking at potentially we're looking, redeveloping we're selling, it? We're selling it on the market okay. as a coupon clipper. Cool. But a, some a, of these a, guys... A triple net investment deal. Yeah. Gotcha. Some of these guys want to know what's the residual value and yeah, you know, that it's, it's not that easy to just yeah. plug and play a, a restaurant. Know, getting back to the, the market being frothy, at least on the land retail side, you look at what Wawa did coming into the market and... and buying the corners that they wanted to buy specifically at these targeted intersections and their comp land comps getting out into the marketplace and then you got these unsophisticated owners that are down in charlotte county polk county pasco other areas and they're hearing about these land sales and they're thinking that their piece is a wawa deal when in reality it's not a Wawa deal, and Wawa was the highest payer for that. So they're stuck on this perception. We're you know ten year, we're eight years into the, we're ten years into the current existing market. You know, four years from now, if they don't make a move now on that piece, yeah, they might not ever get to that absolutely. number again. And you know, what's sick is, it's not even in those sec- secondary tertiary spots. I mean, you could be at Maine and Maine and Tampa, and you get a Wawa deal, and the guy across the street now thinks his land's worth the Wawa price, and it's like. There's only one Wawa deal. Right, you know? right. Like maybe someone else comes along, but it, it it's frustrating. Yeah, sure. And this, I mean, this gets into our next next thing that we had was, you know, what are you seeing for cap rate trends? And going back to the Wawa side, I'm seeing a lot of Wawa deals staying on the market, not being able to be sold right now at four and a half caps, four point seven five, five caps, depending upon where they're at geographically located. You know, in South East Florida, down in Miami, obviously they trade for more because it's yeah. a, it's a more desirable geographical area, but what are you, what are you I, seeing on that front? Here? I um, I think it's a really interesting time. I think we're in a price discovery mode. We priced these two particular ground lease banks in December, and Treasury was at like two forty, and in sixty days, not even by February, it's at two eighty six. So already, from where we thought that we were going to be priced, it moved almost fifty bips. 
the Treasury did. Wow. Now, that's not directly correlated necessarily with cap rates, but they're, they're for sure correlated. So what we found is, you know, we price these things at a low cap rate. Interest rates are moving up. So the, set, the, the market's a little spooked thinking, hey, let's ride this a little and let, you know, the price come down some more thinking these cap rates will move with it. Mm-hmm. So what we're finding is we got to, you know, all the competitive stuff being brought out, other Chase 15-year bank deals, mm-hmm. are all trying to price each other just a little bit higher, but at a really good cap rate. So we're at like, call it four and a quarter. So How so, long has that been out on market for? Uh, n- less than 60 days. Okay. 30 days. Four and a quarter? Four and a quarter. Someone's coming out at 43 you know, because they want to make sure their thing trades before our thing because everyone uh, knows rates are moving. Right. So then sure. we're like, oh, man, this is in the same market. Do we go to 4.35? Right. So, and the sellers kind of see this happening, too. So we're getting a lot of activity, but mm. it's a question of, like, you know, where do you strike? Do you have to? We, thankfully, you know, we're, we don't have to sell these assets. So right. If we don't get it, we don't get it. But um, we're really holding out for 1031 guys because they can't think you know right one or indifferent it's not like kind so a 1031 guy can't buy a treasury sure so we're hoping and and you know what the good thing is about you know the bulk of where we do our business and and you know the southeast specifically in florida on the cap rate side we're we're attractive buy for a lot of outside investors because of the um the 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 tax situation here in florida as it relates to income you know, no income tax. All the people moving every day to the state. I mean, it's a, we have the sunshine, right? It's a place to bet long yeah. term. Um, you know, it's crazy because you, you know the land, the construction prices are going up, and if construction prices are going up, and you're doing a new development deal, the land is the variable. So if the land's the variable and the construction prices are going up, and then you you have these this you know you have a tenant that wants to be in a specific market in a specific location. And you say, okay, we can put you here. This is what the price is going to be. And then that price equates to X amount of dollars per per year in rent. And then typically, a lot of these retailers base how much they can afford to paying rent by how much they're going to do a hypothetical yes. sales projection that yeah. if they were to come in that market on that piece of dirt in that geographical location, that's what they would do in sales. And they're saying, oh, well, we can't pay that. Well, that's what it costs to be in the market. I mean, this is, these are these are real costs. I mean, we, we can't, you know, yeah. this is our business. We yeah. can't do this for free, you know? So um, it, it's just, it's an interesting time for sure. So let's uh, let's talk. Your, your group you work for is an operator for a few retail content, uh, concepts, Dunkin' Donuts. Um, you know, you guys yeah. just are rolling out Taco Bus on an expansion. Yeah. Um, tell us a little bit about these concepts. Um and then how are, how are you approaching the real estate for these brands? What, what's your strategy here for the next 12 months, kind of long-term? What do you, what it, so what are the brands that you guys are working with right yeah, now? Yeah, uh, exactly right. Dunkin' Donuts, Taco Bus. Um, we have a car wash concept, Limited Express. It seems like it's a pretty hot thing right now that you stay in your car and go through the tunnel, and then there's these free self-service vacuum stations. So a little different from historical car washes, like but, like different than like a Mister Car Wash. Right, it's more right. more hands on, more labor. We're less of that. Sure. Um, and we're looking to add two to three more concepts. Maybe the the family the, what was in the gas business, uh, the the uh, Capitano family and Radiant, and they were operating food and beverage subways through their gas stations. So they had built this great kind of experience and and team to manage those sure they've since gotten out of the subways but they've added these few brands and 
adding some more. So um, we're trying to identify sites, bring bring those tenants to deals, add other tenants, you know, try to do little multi-tenant buildings. Um, so you guys are a franchisee of Dunkin' Donuts. Yep. So, and you operate the Dunkin' Donuts. So your franchisee operator, Taco Bus, same thing. Your operator, you, you guys own... You guys have partnership on the brand, and you you operate them as well. And then this car wash concept will that be a French? Is that a franchise uh, model, or is that a? It's a similar kind of deal. Um, it's self branded. It's going to be gotcha. radiant car wash, but uh, we most of these car washes all buy the equipment from the same handful gotcha. of guys. Gotcha. But uh, you know, it's crazy the the car wash business. I didn't realize. They're a good user for a lot of these retail sites. I didn't realize that they're being really aggressive. I didn't realize there was it's a profitable business. Really, yeah, I mean, obviously, yeah. you know, it, it's amazing what the, some guys are paying for land. I mean, I've seen sites trading now in like the low millions, million to two, million three for for a car wash site, yeah, which is just crazy. What's their acreage? Approximately an acre, an acre of dirt. Yeah. And do they go underground on those underground stormwater retention, or do they try and do? Some, oh, you try not to. Try not to. That's cost your cost. But uh, you'd like to be. I mean, a car wash all day can support six, seven hundred grand for for a good site. For a good site, you know, it's hard to find an acre less than a million dollars. That's a good site. What do they What do they want to be in? Do they want to be in like the retail node, like an outparcel, like a Walmart, outparcel, a big box? Yeah, where there's, they don't want to be purely destination driven. So you want something that drives traffic, prefer, ideally on the weekends too. So I like following Lowe's, Home Depot, Wawa. It's great to be next to Wawa. They don't have that restricted in most places. And they're not. They don't have car washes. No, wow, that's something no. I never. So you got really all these cars about, yeah. coming and going. Um, yeah, we're at retail nodes, sure. more or less. Cool. And then on that on that front, like, are you guys? The approach to the real estate for like the Dunkin' brand, you guys are looking to either redevelop current sites you guys own in your portfolio and, and put a do you do a Dunkin' branch, or you guys are looking to acquire land to build a Dunkin' Dunkin' unit. Um, yeah, and I and ideally, I mean, you want to you want to own the real estate. I mean, that's the whole that's the whole plan. Yeah, uh, yeah absolutely. Goal number one is to own the land and bring our tenants where we can on the land. We will bring the tenant to a site. We just did uh, um, a signed a lease for Taco Bus at Gandhi, Manhattan. Nice. Where, the Brightworks uh, deal? Yeah, Brightworks nice. deal. We, we don't own the land. We're not in the deal from an ownership standpoint, but we're the tenant. Sure. So wherever we can be involved in a good site, whether it's ownership or not, you know, we're happy to take a look at it. Cool. It's around that are doing in sales. Um, yeah, kind of live, live, live and breathe the market. And you, know, you know, early in the morning, late at night, see who's in there. Traffic flow, traffic patterns. Yeah. I mean, I was, I knew I was at the uh, the Tampa ICSE uh, West Florida ID Exchange over here in February, and um, during the lunch uh, lunch portion of the uh, the event, they had a panel discussion retailers runway, and you had the um, the group from Chichios. Yeah, and, and with the um, the fresh uh, the fresh kitchen concept that they have, they've been very selective on where they're doing deals and and you know really wanting to be in certain areas and willing to wait to get there not necessarily rushing to do the deal but it was funny because they were mentioning they actually go down to the market they'll spend three or four days they'll go he was saying they'll go work out at the gyms yeah, and stuff they'll, they'll kind of just was, go and live and breathe in the market was for a pretty week. witty yeah it's kind of go cool. to the local gyms and see what the clientele's like yeah yeah so everyone's got their own thing you know i i know you know the the 
you know the gas the gas station uh, users you know they want to uh, they want to go there and do a traffic count in the morning they want to go do a traffic count in the evening they want to know the traffic flow I mean you have all the you got to understand your target customer and then and then who they are and when and, and understand everything you, everything you can about them so that when you do a new site it aligns with who your clientele base is and and that kind of can help you make a decision as if it's going to be um, a successful net new store for for you so I think it's I think it's really cool but when you relate to this this the site Zeus model it's a, it's a very very powerful tool but I agree I think it's it shouldn't be the only thing that you use right if you you know say look at your your stores and uh, projected sales and stuff and they tell you to put a store at you know um, Kennedy and Dal Mabry well you and I we know this area. You know how hard it is to get yeah. to Kennedy and Dal Mabry, so yeah. you have to have the real estate relationships. <laughs> you got to—they're not sellers. <laughs> you got to have the relationships. You got to understand the market, and there's a lot of intangible things that the technology necessarily can't always tell you um, relating to municipal codes, relating to zoning, what properties you know, you know, a lot of the zoning stuff. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, so so there there are you know signage. You know, so going back to the code, signage access. Um, you know, these are all things yeah. that roadway improvements, utilities, five year plan with FDOT. Yeah. You know, this type of stuff. So it's it's really cool. Um, you know, what are you seeing in today's market as a tenant? You know, it's a is is it a is it a landlord or tenant market? And then how has that played to your advantage or disadvantage? Yeah, it's a landlord market. I mean, it's tight to get a good site. You look at the vacancies and in Tampa in particular because we're here I mean it's 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 getting tough rents are moving up and landlords can have their pick of the litter there's a lot of restaurants chasing very few spaces and corners and it's a seller's market sure have, have you ever approached like a like this if there's an area that you want to be maybe you can't buy it and build it but there's like a specific um, sub market that you want to be in you love that center have you reached out to the center and be like the owner and hey, we love, we want to be here. Keep us on your list. Let us know when you have something coming up because we'll do a deal with you. Yeah, yeah. Um, more times than not, I mean, throughout the week, I come across that a lot, and a lot of sellers right now. A lot of people have been saying, you know, hey, I want to know what to do with the money. I, yeah, you could buy it, but then it's a headache that I'd have to deal with. So most recently, the last two sites I've worked on, the sellers want to stay in the deal. They're not real estate guys. They want to put their land in the deal. Or they want to be a partner. And not that we're opposed to that. We we have a lot of joint venture partners, but sure. it's just, you know, it's, it's work to make a sense of that to work and have everybody's interests align. Sure. So, yeah, it's hard, you know. It's hard right now to get it to, to work. Yep, I I can I can totally understand and relate to to that point. Um, I want to go back. We we talked and, and you were telling me about this cool project that you worked on um, in your past life. It was a, a Publix development center, um, shopping center development. Can you walk us through kind of that experience from when you were approaching the site, when you were looking at the land, when you're talking through and negotiating the deal with the property owner? Getting it through corporate, you know, working, working, coordinating with the tenant, getting it through the inspection period, any issues that might have occurred, and then finally through the rezoning period to ultimately closing on the property. I mean, as you and I both know, this 
that process can take every bit of took us over two eight, years. A, eight months, a year, <laughs> yeah. 24 months. Took I mean, us, I was in Baltimore working on years. deals that it was, we were 24 month option contracts that we would close upon governmental approval. So could you yeah, kind of yeah, just tell sure. us about that deal? Cause it's, it's an interesting one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, man, it's a slow game, you know, you yeah. gotta really have patience and just not bang away at it every single day. Um, that goes back prop. It may be over 24 months from now uh, ago. It maybe took about two and a half years. Um, and and I'm, we were lucky that it was then, not now, because it's so hard getting time. Explaining to a seller that you need time to take down 13 commercial acres and have it make sense, you know? Mm-hmm. So that particular project, um, thankfully, too, we were in a kind of a tertiary market, so there wasn't as many people, you know, running the price up for us. Um and we met with the, the landowner and just were very honest, said, hey, this is what we want to do and this is the time it's going to take. And thankfully, he was willing to play ball with us. But, you know, when you when you when you do approach a property owner, I mean, going back to, to your track record of what you've done with the tenant that you were working with that you had in tow and, and kind of showing them who you guys are i mean that it's 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 a lot of it's a partnership because ultimately it's a piece of vacant dirt right and in order for them to get out of that dirt they need to they need to sell it to a developer yeah they need to either develop it themselves but no one wants to take on a 30 million dollar obligation to get through that whole process or partner with a developer by selling it to them and allowing them to go through the process to ultimately cash out of the land because land's most valuable once it's entitled and zoned and ready for development. Yeah, absolutely. I I was really lucky in that the brand and the the people that I was with at the last company. I I didn't have that relationship. I didn't. I wouldn't have been able to do that. Um, so I was happy to be a part of it and to see how they do it. But exactly right. I mean, it's a a long-standing relation uh, company and brand over three decades a lot of track record a lot of track record and they were able you know they some guys joke you need gray hair to really do deals (laughs) right you got to have a guy on your team with the gray hair because that that's the experience yeah and uh so So maybe i'm not there yet maybe i should die start coloring it up but that that was it and i was just lucky to be along some really good people who have done that before Sure, sure so they you know, that's how we were able to get in the door, though. Exactly right. It's like, look, we're real. We've done these deals in the past. This is how long it takes. We're going to be transparent in the process and tell you exactly where we're at. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we so we got under contract. We had to rezone a piece, which was a really interesting experience. It was a single family home. What was the what was the initial purchase price? Just ballpark. You um, can remember million. Eight and, and then a, the residential piece. It was right in the low twos, two for about ten two. acres. Yeah, thirteen, fourteen acres um, up in Tennessee. Okay. Um, the rezoning process was was really interesting because where here we are trying to bring develop this center in front of a neighborhood, more or less. Sure. And it's going to be more traffic down their side streets, and no one wants and change. Nobody wants. Not in my backyard. You yeah, know? exactly. They, they want the the. Pub, they'll go to the Walmart, but they don't want it built near them. Yeah, know? yeah. So um, we had to get this piece rezoned, and it was a really interesting experience having to embed yourself in the local community to, one, show that you're sincere, but then meet the players and and 
not just the players, I mean all everybody, and hear all the concerns and try to uh, create something that is valued in their community. Because at the end of the day, they're the ones that are going to make it work or not work. So you want to design something that you know is is the right fit. Mm-hmm. So we went through this rezoning process, and and that's that's so important that you do that as a developer because if you don't go and you don't go meet with the local associations and the local boards. You know they're going to show up at your rezoning with with picket sticks. You yeah. know what I mean? Oh, they're yeah. they're, coming, oh, yeah. they're coming out of the woodwork. They, you know they came out. It, it, you have to approach that first. You yep. have to get and work with them because ultimately you are coming into their communities, and ultimately you have to work with them if you want to have a successful project for the community. I mean, because ultimately your tenant that wants to be on that site is going to that site because of the people that are in that area. Yep. And it's gotta, it's gotta be. It always has to be a win-win-win. So it's very. I respect that you went and you met with all those tri- those associations because it's an, it's it's the only way to get the deal done. Because if you just show up with an application and you slap a site plan on the on the on the table and you Trouble. say this is what we're gonna do, Trouble. You, you're you're extending out your time because you're gonna ultimately have to go back to those associations anyways and go have conversations with the with the presidents or whatever and. Right. and do your present so you you it's best to hit to hit that obstacle face you know head on first thing first yep. you know yeah absolutely uh in this particular case they there was a restrictive covenant on the land and there were six or seven reps in the neighborhood who had to all sign an agreement to make modifications to it what type of covenant uh delivery hours okay um alcohol sales okay um a handful of things like that, yeah. design standards, sure. um, and and little things like we don't want to have a nightclub there. But if you have a restaurant that sells, you know, beer and wine, then you're breaking how the code was read at the time. So we did go host meetings in the middle of the neighborhood and in after work, and all everybody comes out and. Some are not as informed as others as to where we're at with the process, who we are, what we're doing, etc. And no matter what you do, there's always going to be people that aren't supportive, no matter what. Sure. It seems. I mean, some people are ugly. Absolutely. And, you know, we wanted to stay as calm and receptive and, and take the feedback to design something like we said. It was they take it personal. personal. But they, yeah. there's a lot of emotion involved, you know. And, sure. Um, it's a... It's, it's a... It's a it's a game within a game, for lack of a better word. I mean, it's not a game, you know, to be marginalized in any way. Yeah. But, you know, there's a whole craft to, to the entitlement process. And uh, Having really the cool. right consultants is huge. Having the right land use attorneys that understand the local municipal codes. Yeah. Having the right engineers that are able to to pivot and able to, to kind of... To move to move quickly to make adjustments Absolutely. is huge. Um, it, it's all it's team, like you said. It's all about having a good good team, and it, it, absolutely, that's that's ultimately the best way to be successful. So as we conclude this, I mean, what are you? You know, we're just starting the second quarter to eighteen. We're we're getting into um, you know we're getting into uh, to the to the to the you know we're going towards the middle of the year. Uh, we got ICSE Las Vegas recon. Will you be going out to recon yeah, this year? Yeah, with uh, with Alliant. I'm going. Out, yeah, we'll be Great. out there. Um, awesome. uh, going out Saturday through um, through Wednesday. We're doing a bunch of the educational stuff on Sunday. We're gonna go uh, go sit, get Gary Rappaport is speaking. He's uh, he's giving a um, 
an educational lecture on uh, investing in retail properties and how to structure retail um, partnerships. So cool. I've read his book. He's a, he's a great great uh, great um, great uh, great person to listen to, and he's willing to um, to share his insight, which is invaluable. Um, it's all about paying it forward, man. You know, in our in our business and. You know, so so what are you what are you most excited for as as you kind of keep going into twenty eighteen? Um, just uh, deal flow, you know, just talk, having fun with people that you want to work with. Like life's too short to to just do deal and be miserable, you know? right? Yeah. So it's really just about waking up every day and trying to have fun and just be better than you were yesterday. And if you can do that, I, you know, who knows where we're headed, but I think we'll end up somewhere that would be pleasant. Absolutely. I mean, this business is all about building reputation, having integrity. Um, and it, we, we love what we do. I mean, when you can wake up and say you love what you do, you know, that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, really this is a relationship business. You, you build relationships and it's so crazy how you meet someone and the deal might not work out. But you continue to build that relationship, and they say, hey, you know, hey Jeff, you know, sorry, we we, we could have come to terms on that deal, but hey, I got ten other properties. You want to take a look at that? What do you think? And I mean, right. it's just it, it it's a big world, but a small world, and yeah. and so so we're, we're excited. So thank you so much, Spencer. Yeah, enjoyed enjoyed catching up Thanks and, and chatting, and this was a this was a fun cool. time, man. Thanks, man.